Hey, you're listening to True Story Tent, where we share true personal stories from the Middle East. Abdullah Al-Ma'wali here. So last week, on the 19th of April, we had a story night for the first time in 16 months, which took place at the Oman Convention and Exhibition Center in collaboration with Red Bull Mobile. And we also shared two stories from some of our younger storytellers last week. This week, we got two more stories for you. The first one comes from the CEO of Oman Convention and Exhibition Center, Saeed Al-Shanfari. And the second one is from my aunt, Nadia Sakri, who I've been trying to convince to share a story for three years now. You can find more stories at our True Story 10 podcast available on all podcast platforms. love to and it will be an honor to invite on stage he agreed to do it Saeed Al-Shamfari CEO of OCEC Assalamu alaikum my story comes from a small young guy from all the way in the south of Salala who's born in a family that have 12 siblings so I have nine sisters actually and two other brothers so imagine when you have such a family you are actually have to make a lot of noise to make it, to get an attention from your parents. So I wasn't really good at it. So I was always remaining myself to be part of the big family, but I always had a bigger dream. My dream was just to fly away and then do something that's completely different. I was not so lucky to at the high school to get the right grades, but I always wanted to go to the US. I had this dream that kept coming to myself and I kept you know working towards it. And then I ended up, after many different places, I ended up in the US. My story doesn't start really here because it started at the defining moment in my life. And the defining moment of my life is, I've always was unfortunate because I was a big, part of a bigger family. So I wanted, and I was never really good at high school, I was never really good at anything in school at all. I remember one time my, my father came back from school and he asked the teacher, so how Saeed is doing? He said, Saeed is not so good, not so bad. And he came back home, he's like, you know who you are? You're not so good, not so bad. And I'm like, can you explain that for me? <laughs> I hope I'm just like, I'm okay, am I okay? So it was really hard always to satisfy the parents and coming from that generation, it's always hard to make that dream go high. So one day they announced the CEO program. I don't know if you guys heard about it. It's the, the, the Royal Day One announced the, Royal, the CEO program. So a lot of my friends said, you know, why don't you apply for it? I said, you know, I was never lucky in my life. I was never lucky to get that golden ticket, you know, to attend Justin Bieber, yeah? <laughs> I, I never, I never really, if, if, I think if the draw was me and another person, another person will win. That's how I like, unlucky I was. But I was like, let me give it, give it a shot. And then I really did give it a shot and I applied one of 2,000 people who applied for that program. So they were going to select 30 people to go for the first cohort. Throughout the sessions, throughout the surveys, we had to go through an extreme crucial surveys to, uh, to get the right people. And I, I tell you, I did everything I can just to make sure I, I do it. And I think this essay, they sent us an essay, and they asked us to complete it within 48 hours, and I was traveling in Kazakhstan at that time. So I was actually doing it in the train. 
writing whatever I'd come up in a, in a story and then I just put it together and I send my essay. So I passed all the stages and on the day where I had my final interview that's going to determine, now I've made it to the 100 people. And now I had an interview at Bustan at one o'clock in the afternoon. And that's the day I cannot really forget because it went quite extreme. At 10.30 I was rehearsing some of the points I want to highlight in the, in the interview. Then I got a call from home. My sister called me. And she said, where are you? I said, I'm at the office. She said, can you come back home? I said, like, why? She said, you're, you know, my wife that time was pregnant. And she's like, your, your wife is going through some pain. And I was like, what, now? <laughs> can that be delayed? <laughs> Honestly, it, it is one of those moments in your life where you know this, if you made this step towards your career, you might just to get a lot of doors open. I left everything behind. I ran to my house in Mawalih. And well, by the time I arrived home, she was not really at home. She was already at the hospital. So I drove to the hospital and she was in the ambulance now moving from the branch of Mawalih to Sultan Hospital. And imagine the, like, the nerve and the stress that was going through. And well, I was, my, my main question is, is she okay? And I want to be with her, you know, making sure everything is okay. And then she had, uh, I couldn't get the answer, so because we had to like really wait until the doctor check everything. And then they went inside to the ER, and you have to be patient and you have to be cool. And I wasn't patient and cool at all. So then the answer didn't really come so quick, so I, I was now, I forgot completely about the interview. I completely forgot about the interview, I forgot about how difficult for me to make that single chance that might come only one time in my life, but I have my life inside that ER room also to worry about. Then. At 12.30, I was able to see my wife. It was clear that she lost the baby. It was really hard for us. Uh, it's, and then it was like, okay, is she okay? And the first thing she said, you need to go. I said, no, no, I'm gonna stay. No, no, she said, no, no, you need to go. Because I know how much this means to you. And I said, no, I'm all wait. That chance will come again. And life is all about chances, but sometimes some chances don't come really twice. She said, you need to really go. I said, are you gonna be okay? And she, at that moment, her sister arrived. And we were like, okay, I was a little bit comfortable now that at least her sister is there. So I really made that move because she also encouraged me to go there. By the time I arrived to uh, Al Bustan Palace, I sat in the parking lot and I have no idea how I made it to that 45 minute drive. And I still have 15 minutes before my interview. How can I get back to my moment and to be able to speak about why should I deserve to have a chance at the CEO program. And I sat in my car thinking about so many things and I had a flashback of my life, of my chances, where, where did I wanna go and how I want to proceed in my dreams. And I was like, how can you turn this around? And you know when you, when you look at yourself in the mirror and you say, you, know, you need to bring the inner side of you. You need to bring the power, you need to bring the superman, you need to bring the power, the super person inside you to overcome this moment, just this moment. And I sat and looked at myself in my small mirror and I said, you need to bring it out right now. And I said, this is it. I went to the bathroom, washed my face, and I had to leave everything behind. And then you, in the moment you realize that you left everything behind, now it's you and only you to make this, make it or break it. The interview went well. And throughout the interview, they asked me one single question. They said, how committed are you to the program? I was like, are you, are you serious? 
do you know where the data just came from? So obviously they have no idea, but they say, how committed are you for the program? So really, actually, I, I remember I took a seat back and looked at them and said, only if I tell you, I left my wife at the ER room and just lost a baby and I'm here for this interview, do you think I'm committed enough? And they had no other choice and they said, you know what, <laughs> is she okay? <laughs> I said, now she's okay, but, and, but that's how she, show you how committed I am. So obviously, I made it, I got selected for the program. And throughout the program, I became the CEO of OCC. And I've learned through my life is there's chances come sometimes and where you have to really bring the superpower inside you. Because each one of you have a superpower. And only if you tag into it and enable it and trigger it at the right times, you'll be able to make your dreams come true. And it doesn't matter how difficult the road is to get here, but it's a matter of how much you can push yourself to make it happen to the next level. So that's my small story. Thank you. That was Saeed Shanfari, CEO of Oman Convention and Exhibition Center. Up next, a story from my aunt, Nadia Sokri. Finally. I've been trying to convince this person to share a story for like three years. Um, my aunt, Nadia Sokari, welcome to stage. <laughs> it's a family thing. There you go. Yep. How can I follow up after that story? Ooh. <laughs> Hi guys. Yes. Been three years, you've been trying to make me say a story and somehow he convinced me this time. Actually, uh, the reason I'm even up here to say a story because I was listening to the podcast and a story of my niece have triggered this story today. It was um, a story of uh, Sarah when she felt uprooted from the US and she had to come back because it was just before COVID and how she was feeling when she got back in regards of feeling isolated and lonely and all sorts of emotions that I think at the time maybe she felt that she is the only one who feels that way, leaving the life of what we call freedom, <laughs> coming back to Oman, no offense, <laughs> but it's very difficult. Um, I had weeks to prepare when I was leaving the US to come back to Oman, but still, when I got back here exactly the same way because of what it was expected from us to do. And it almost feels like our life is already planned. You know, you go to school, finish college, come back, work, get married, have kids, and so on. And then that's your life. And it always seems that there's something missing. Um, even though I have gone through that route, kind of, I got back, it, it wasn't as bad as I thought it would be, but still I felt there was something missing. So I kind of ran away. <laughs> I went to Dubai, I lived there for a couple of years. And it was nice to live by myself and all of that. So it's, I brought it back a little bit. But uh, as you get older, uh, you kind of, um, there's certain things that we appreciate about our culture, our family and our unity of of, uh, there's something about seeing your nephews, your nieces, your grandparents, your, your parents growing older and stuff. So two years being in Dubai, I decided to come back. And then obviously, I, uh, the next step was to get married. I kind of 
was making my mom worried because I did not get married until I was 29 and like nine months and she was really, really scared. <laughs> Are you ever gonna get married? So finally I found a partner and then I thought that is, was my purpose to become a wife. And I played the role very well. Um, and I remember was asking, is this it? It seems still there's something missing. So fine, let's build a house. Okay, we build a house. Still, this, it's not about that. There's still something missing. Let's have a kid too. Oh, okay. <laughs> still, I love my kids, they're great. But still, there's always a piece of you that needs to be fulfilled that nothing external can fulfill that. Um, until the pandemic happened, actually, for me, because it could be a very simple journey of uh, I'll do a weight loss and all that stuff. I got myself into a program. I learned something new uh, to do that worked out really well for me. Then I knew I needed to do that for other people because everybody deserves freedom of food without any kind of limitation. <laughs> So I've studied, uh, got my certification to become a macronutrition coach. And, um, and I remember at 6 a.m. I woke up, my kids were sleeping, and literally I just signed up. I paid in full, and I got myself in this program, and uh, about what, four months later, I was certified to do this. And then now, what's next? Trying to get clients. Uh, it was very easy because I was kind of already started to document my life, uh, healthier lifestyle, showing what I'm eating and all that stuff. And it was easy for people to, I keep hearing this, you're so inspiring, you're so inspiring. And they want to do what I'm doing where they can have that freedom, but in the same time, you know, still get to their weight loss goals or their fitness goals or whatever. So I signed up a few clients and sure enough, um, I s they started seeing results. Uh, they're having the understanding of nutrition, freedom of food, and uh, still be happy and feel fulfilled. And I cannot tell you the high that I felt when you have your client in few months successfully following a program and feeling good about themselves, feeling good about themselves as a, as a woman, as a mother, as a, as a daughter, feeling strong that she can do whatever she wants to do if she stick with it and just taking them through that journey and even though I did that it it brought me so much joy that it was infectious and I could I was beaming it was so crazy and finally at age 42 I was able to say yes I found my passion and this is what I want to do for the rest of my life it took me when I graduated well, at 25, up to the age of 42 to actually find where the fire was. And now finally, if somebody asks me, it's like, is this it? Yep, this is it. This is what I had to search inside to find for myself. How can I serve people and help women to elevate themselves within? Because it's more than just weight. We are bombarded with all sorts of media, we are bombarded with all sorts of uh, conversations, because each and every woman here, we've been talking about weight, we've been talking about uh, what I should not eat, this is good and this is bad. Forgetting how we are feeling and how we are conditioning, not only ourselves, but even the generation 
that are coming. So I'm glad I found my passion and I'm still growing and I'm so excited because even though I found it, I am still learning not just about what I do, but it's also how I can grow inside because they're always constant, uh, constantly wanting to do better and learn more and discover more. Whatever it is, it's inside of you. You just have to sit still and let it come to you so you'll be able to do what is meant for you. Thank you. <laughs> If you enjoyed the show, we got more stories at our True Story Tan podcast available on Spotify and all other podcast platforms. Shout out to Red Bull Mobile for making all of this possible, the Oman Convention Center for offering us their beautiful space, and Oman FM for having us on the radio. The show was hosted and produced by me, Abdullah Mawali at Wandering Brown Guy. I wish you all a beautiful Eid. And I'll catch you on the next one.